Hey, this is Jess. This is Emily. And this is Sandra. And you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew, ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, and welcome to the bits of The Hobbit, The Sofa, and Digger Styles. And Digger Styles. Yes. Was Digger Styles in the middle? No, it was the sofa in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hobbit, whatever. the sofa, and digger, digger <laughs> styles. Ballrooms and biscuits, biscottis, whatever Bisc- it was all over. <laughs> ballrooms <laughs> and biscuit ballrooms. I believe there's a summary that has to be done. Um, and it's by our best summary person. There is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Proven. Don't dog on me. Proven best <laughs> summary person. <laughs> I believe in you, Jess. Thanks. I don't believe in myself, but it's nice to hear somebody else say it. You wow. should always believe in yourself. This is like, um, I do believe in fairies. Like, just everybody, everybody listening right now, wherever you are, in your car, with a friend, just start chanting, we do believe in you, Jess, and I'll hear it, and it'll make me succeed. <laughs> I'm like Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. <laughs> Tinkerbell of summary. <laughs> I do believe in fairies. <sighs> Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I've been really mumbly and stumbly today, though, so I'm worried that it's not going to go well, but I'm going to try my best. You'll, you'll, you'll do great. You. Thanks. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Rory's shopping for classes in Lorelei can smell Emily at Yale. Surprise, Emily refurnishes Rory's dorm. Suki wants a catering company with Lorelei until the baby comes, starting with the Lord of the Rings party. Suki's food is too mature, leading to a major baby meltdown. Digger Styles wants to parlay with Richard, and Emily's all for it. Digger wants to go into business with Richard despite his father. He loves it. Emily doesn't. Paris wants to participate in the first week party. Rory's not into it. Paris calls Lorelai. They convince Rory to have fun. Madeline and Louise make an appearance. The party's a bust. That night, Rory discovers naked Marty and lends him a robe. With three uh, seconds to spare. Yeah, And great. I think you hit some Emily-level speeds there. Right? I was going to say the same thing. I don't know. Did Emily just, like, possess you? <laughs> I don't think it I... was. It was all of the listeners. Did you hear that, listeners? <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> this officially puts me in the losing spot for the summary for season four. Oh, my gosh. I'm so impressed, Jess. Thank you. I am, too. <laughs> See, that's because we believed in you so much. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You brought this fairy back to life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that success under my belt, uh, Sandra, why don't you tell us about this week's references? Weekly references with Sandra. 
right. So this week on References, I want to focus on a book. Sorry, Emily, for encroaching on your territory. Um, I hope you'll forgive me. Just this once. Okay. I encroached on her speed talking territory, so it's just not a good episode. You guys are just stealing my things. <laughs> just leave my things alone. I'm sorry. Um, but yes, I want to focus on a book as well as a guest star and a few quick fire references. So, first up, now, obviously, there was a book mentioned quite a bit in this episode. Uh, there was a whole party surrounding it. But uh, I think most people know about Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to skip that mm-hmm. book. And no. instead, I want to mention Mommy Dearest, which is mentioned by Suki as she's having her breakdown. Uh, she actually says, I made them eat jalapeno chipotle cream sauce. I'm Mommy Dearest. So Mommy, spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Very important detail. Dearest is a book by Christina Crawford about her mother, Joan Crawford. If you've heard that name before, it's because Joan is an Academy Award-winning actress who starred in movies such as Mildred Pierce and Sudden Fear back in, like, the 50s. Um, Among others, she was successful at times, other times not so much, literally being called a box office poison. But later kind of found her footing again in her 45-year career. She made more than 80 films, and she also adopted five children. One of which was Christina Crawford, who wrote Mommy Dearest. Now, Mommy Dearest was a scathing portrayal of Joan as a cruel, unbalanced, and alcoholic mother. In the book, Christina contends that Joan placed more importance on her career than her family life. She was controlling and jealous, and just generally an awful mother. There's a a bit of controversy surrounding this book. Uh, There's a lot of people, including family members, that do not believe... And Christina, yet it's still kind of, it got made into a movie starring Faye Donaway. Um, and the term mommy dearest has gotten into lexicon as a way to describe a mother who hates their child. So yeah, that's who Suki was comparing herself to. Mommy dearest. But next up, a guest star. Now, <laughs> in every list that you find online, that's like the 10 guest stars you never knew were on Gilmore Girls. This girl will always come up, right? She's always going to be on that list. And that is Victoria Justice. Now, for the millennials, we know who Victoria Justice is. Uh, She was specifically in Gilmore Girls. She was one of the kids at the party, specifically the one that took the carrot, put it back. See, I read that on the trivia Mm-hmm. And while I vaguely knew what her face was like, I could not place her. Really? Really? I knew She's like right such away. a classic Nickelodeon I, face to me. Yeah. I, was, I was right past the victorious iCarly, like that mm-hmm. whole. I was right past it. I never watched it. Mm. So that's what I was going to say. Like, uh, there's a very specific millennial to Gen Z audience that will recognize victoria because she was a huge star on nickelodeon she starred in zoe 101 and then victorious where she got her breakout role and she was definitely the one that got the most famous from that cast it was (laughs) definitely not ariana grande it it was victoria (laughs) sorry victoria she tried she tried 
I I believe she's still making movies and such, but she has not gotten that same level of popularity as Victorious. Um, I did watch Victorious, and I had such a crush on the kid that played Beck. Oh my god. Was he the one with, like, the swishy hair? Yes. And, like, the soulful eyes? Oh yeah, he was hot. Ivan Jogia. Okay, I was so <laughs> into that kid. Anyways, lastly, I want to end on some quickfire references. Paris calls twins the Gabor sisters. Uh, that is a reference to Zsa Gabor and her sisters, Eva and Magda. Three socialites, pretty much known mostly for the fact that they were rich and often remarrying. Magda was married six times, Shaja was married nine times, and Ava a measly five times. That's all? Yeah, and and there was one husband that two of the sisters shared. It's fine. Moving on. <laughs> yep. Uh, my last reference is just a really quick one because it's so popular, it doesn't really need an explanation. But I did want to mention that Louise says that her boyfriend is freaking out that the Simpsons are going to be off the air by the time he graduates. No, it's not. It's clearly... <laughs> nope. It's still going clearly on. clearly did not happen. It's been 20 years, and the Simpsons are still going strong. So hopefully he has graduated by now. Uh, but those were my references. Sorry for stealing your I, book, Emily. I hope you I, forgive me. It's okay. I chose a different book. I would like to say... Simpsons is getting ready to start season 35. Oh my Jeez. gosh. I mean, God bless them. Keep doing it. Do whatever you have I to. mean, how incredible is it that I've never watched an episode of The Simpsons I've in my life? I've never watched an episode either. I've never been into it. <laughs> right? But it keeps going, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I've seen a few episodes. Do you like it? Not a lot. Okay. It was never <laughs> my thing. I think when... When it was at its prime, I was not allowed to watch it. <laughs> Me either. Right, yeah. That was how it started. And then I was like, eh, yeah. time has passed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those were my references this week. Uh, up next, we have a different book with Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. With Emily. Yay! We finally have a book again in books, movies, and music references. It feels like it's been so long. It kind of has been. Because we were are really only on episode three of this season and took like a six month break. But yeah, we have a book and it is the book that Rory is reading throughout this episode. We see her reading while waiting for Japanese fiction class to start. It's the book she picks up in her dorm when trying to hide or escape from the party. It is Atonement by Ian McEwan. He, uh, so I do want to throw out there is a trigger warning on this book. Uh, there is rape. There is false accusations. If reading about those things bothers you to the extent that you do not want them involved in what you are reading about, don't read this book and jump forward probably four to five minutes just to be safe. But the book itself, it is a British metafictional novel released in 2001 which I think is one of the more recent books we have seen Rory read. feels like she reads a lot of older stuff, um, more classic stuff. Uh, it is set across three time periods in England, though. Uh, starts off, the first scene is in 1935. Takes place shortly during the Second World War between England and then 
some there is some settings in France, and then also present day, nineteen ninety nine, is when it was written. It was released in two thousand one. It is widely regarded as one of Ian McEwan's best works, and it was shortlisted for the Booker Prize for fiction that year. And in 2010, it made Time Magazine's list of 100 greatest English language novels since 1923. Very specific. (laughs) And then, of course, as I'm sure many people know, in 2007, it was adapted to a film starring James McAvoy, Keira Knightley, and Stuarsha Ronan, which I probably did not say that right. I watched an interview with her and Margot Robbie and trying to pronounce it, but Americans can't say it right. (laughs) In this book, we have three main characters. Quick Family Tree, we have Jack and Emily Tallis. They are landed gentry in the 30s. So basically on the downfall of, like, monarchy. I don't want to say monarchy, but royalty. I don't know. Dukes, Viscounts. I don't know. They're landed gentry. They have a bunch of land. They have three children. Brienne, who is 13. Cecilia just graduated Cambridge. So I'm guessing very late teens, early 20s, and the oldest son is Leon. Cecilia went to Cambridge with their housekeeper's son, who is named Robbie. And I guess they were childhood friends, went to school together, but kind of drifted apart different social classes. The parents are getting divorced. 1930s? That is a big no-no. So Brienne is the 13-year-old teenager, not handling it well. Uh, Family comes to visit. Uh, A 15-year-old cousin, Lola, nine-year-old twins and then when leon the oldest son comes home he brings his friend from oxford paul the real scandal that begins this whole story cecilia and robbie housekeeper's son middle daughter are arguing about something outside they knock over a vase into like a pond or a fountain depending on if you read the book or watch the movie and cecilia's like i need to go get it strips down and jumps in in front of robbie who is apparently I'm in love with you now. I'm sure in the book there's much more explanation <laughs> to this. But essentially that's what happens. He drafts a crap ton of love letters to her. Some of them being very vulgar and wanting to kiss certain parts of a female anatomy. Specifically uses a very common Australian word that is very offensive in the, in America and not offensive in Australia. Well, damn. We'll see you next Tuesday. He gets the nice letter, is like, hey, Brienne, give this to your sister. And then after Brienne's out, realizes he did not give her the nice letter. Brienne reads it because she's a 13-year-old girl and Mm -hmm. thinks it means he wants to hurt her because she does not understand the language that is being used here. Then Lola comes... The cousin, 15-year-old cousin that's visiting, she's been hurt. She is injured somehow. She is going to Brienne for support and claims her brothers attacked her. Um, it's implied it was Paul, Leon's brother. Again, 15-year-old girl, early to middle mid-20s aged guy. Um, Paul's face is scratched. I think we kind of know what happened here. Uh, but Brienne shows the letter to Lola, who says Robbie's a maniac, reaffirming in the 13-year-old girl's mind that, hey, he wants to hurt her sister. We go to dinner. Robbie is invited. He's like, Cecilia, I love you. And she's like, dude, I love you too. And they go to the library and bone. Uh, 
Brienne sees this as well and thinks and walks in and is like, what are you doing? And thinks uh, Robbie is attacking Cecilia. Again, misinterpreting everything. Uh, the twins go missing, by the way. Twin cousins that were visiting, they go missing. Everybody goes out trying to find the twins. Lola gets attacked again. Brienne sees this. Neither of them see the guy's face. But because of what has happened with Robbie so far, she convinces Lola to say it was Robbie. Robbie gets arrested and imprisoned. Cecilia's like, I'll wait for you. And ten years later, Paul and Lola get married. Well, this is a complicated story. This is much more complicated than I thought so Akira Knightley and James McAvoy movie was. Kind of where, um, from there, Robbie gets the option, you can stay in prison or you can go to war. So he ends up joining the army. That's where the Second World War scene comes in. And then it jumps forward to Brienne kind of like writing her memoirs. I want to stop it there. Uh, there's obviously a lot more drama, but that is the basis and probably like the most traumatic parts of the story. So just be aware if you do try to read it. Cecilia and Robbie stay in love and reconnect. And there's there's things in the end um, that Brienne is. It, you end up finding out that she's kind of writing the story and it's it kind of happened and kind of didn't happen. And metafictional is what it's referred to as. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting story. Just be aware of the things that happen in it. And I'm kind of surprised that Ori's reading this book now. Like yeah, she just I started up, Yale. I picked up this book at an airport one time. Like, you know, like as like a vacation read, which is oh, not that the kind of thing that I... Read. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. No, but I knew that there was a Kira Knightley movie. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'd probably like this. I'd never got through it. I remember watching the movie when it came out and it ended and I think, I mean, it came out in 2007. I would have been like 18, 19 at the time. And I just remember being confused at the end of it. I had no idea what just happened. And I never watched it again. So, okay. Um, so if we like bring it back to Gilmore Girls, I have, disclaimer, I've never read the book nor watched the film. But did you mention that she gets naked at one point? Like, she takes off her clothes to save a Cecilia, vase or something? Um, they, a vase gets knocked into a pond or, or a fountain, mm -hmm. um, and she strips down in the movie to her underwear. In the book, I don't know if it's, like, full strip down or just right, down right. to her underwear. But, yeah, she strips down and to then, jump in and get okay. this vase. Are we supposed to infer something with Marty here? I don't know. He stripped down and now she's in love with him? Yeah, I hope that, not. Mm. I think it I had mean, the opposite I, effect on Roy yeah, that it did right? on Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Marty stripped down and is now in love with Rory. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. That's an interesting book. I always thought it was like a Pride and Prejudice knockoff. I'm not going to lie. It Didn't it come out around the same time as the Keira Knightley Pride and Prejudice movie? Because Keira Knightley was 2005 Pride and Prejudice. 2005, yeah. I'm still convinced there was another movie that came out at the same time as Atonement that was also like a period piece. I just can't think of what it was. Hmm. Let's be fair. I'm very convinced of a lot of things in, in these two episodes that <laughs> may or may not ha have happened. So take not what I say like with a grain of salt. Mandela effect going on for Emily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the you have two children and don't get any sleep effect. That's fair. <laughs> that, that is the book. 
Atonement by Ian McEwan. Very serious, kind of dark book, I guess. And a very interesting read for the beginning of Yale. But at the mm-hmm. same time, kind of a Rory thing, right? She uh, yeah. likes a dark, serious literature she type does. book. She does. So after that, we have Fashion with Jess. Making fashion choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. All right, so today for fashion, um, we're going to touch briefly on uh, kind of a beauty topic, and then we're going to talk about some of these clothes. But uh, when Lorelai's spidey senses are tingling that Emily has been in the dorm room, she says, the room, it smells like guilt and Chanel number no. five, which I have to assume that means Emily wears Chanel number no. five. So I wanted to look at the history of Chanel number no. five and find out what it is that Emily wears. So, Chanel Number no. 5 was the first perfume released by Coco Chanel in 1921, and the scent was designed by a Russian-born French perfumer named Ernest Beau. And apparently, uh, Coco Chanel was looking for a scent that would appeal to the flapper and potentially, you know, like, celebrate the liberated feminine spirit of the 1920s. Interesting. That description right there, I'm like, Emily? But <laughs> it's become a classic over the years. So the name, Chanel Number no. 5, comes from the kind of serendipitous combination of Coco's connections to the number 5. So she was raised in a convent, and during that time, she found a very strong connection between the number 5 um, and, like, lots of other parts of her life in the convent, apparently. And then years and years later, when she's presented with the scent options for this perfume, the fifth vial was the winner. And so it just made sense to her that it would be Chanel number no. 5. She also coincidentally presented her fashion collection on the fifth day of the fifth month. So everything pointed to 5 being the magic number. and. I don't know if I've ever smelled Chanel Number no. 5. I feel like it's such a commonly, um, like, referred to expensive perfume that I probably have at some point, right? Like, I've definitely brushed past somebody wearing it, but the top notes of this scent, if you similarly have not smelled it, are powdery, woody, aldehydic, fresh, iris, white floral, musk, earthy, yellow floral, and citrus. So overall, a very feminine scent, which I do think ends up matching Emily quite well. But if you've ever wanted to smell like Emily Gilmore, Chanel number no. 5 is your ticket. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, let's talk a little bit about these clothes because there were a couple of standout looks to me. The first one being what Rory is wearing uh, at the beginning of the episode because it feels so college and so different than her normal Stars Hollow and Chilton looks to me. She is wearing a gray t-shirt layered under a brown striped tank top. And it feels so, like, college kid in that era. It looks like something that would have been on the cover of my, uh, Cos- not Cosmo Girl. Um, oh, what was that magazine? I subscribed to, like, Pop? all of the different girl magazines, but... YM. Oh, it's gonna kill Alloy. me. Alloy? Either way. Uh, yeah, it just feels so, like, collegiate and different. And to me, it's, like, such a big difference to what her old clothes used to be. She's trying something new. She's trying a new vibe, and I kind of love it for her. I think a lot of people would think it's kind of funky and weird, but you guys know me. I love funky and weird. I love this outfit. It, it just, just, like, it feels it just, cool. It just feels like something I would have worn when I first started at college. Yeah. Which, granted, that was, like, four years later, so that might be why. <laughs> Well, and then we also have, you guys pointed out, uh, Melissa's outfit, or Suki's outfit, I should say, when they're in her kitchen during the discussion of catering. And that outfit, she's got maybe, I think probably a dress. It's hard to know because they obviously have her dressed for, like, pregnancy Suki. Maybe it's a dress, maybe it's a tunic. But it's this boat neck, off the shoulder, like, deep purpley red. And it's got this giant keyhole in the middle which I feel like should feel a lot more scandalous than it does, but it doesn't. There's somehow no cleavage in this keyhole. I think because of how high the neck itself comes out, the, the keyhole yeah. starts really kind of before the cleavage starts. Yeah. And then when you're pregnant, your boobs fall apart. So <laughs> <laughs> I really love the color. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's great with her hair up, like you guys pointed out. She just... She looks great. I love her hair. I love her makeup. I just, I love this whole look of Suki's here. Yeah, Suki spends a lot of time pregnant throughout the series. So we get to see like a lot of pregnancy wear on Melissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to briefly touch on Lane just because, oh, poor Lane. She's back to her fully buttoned up button ups all the way to the neck. Um, This time, the one she's wearing feels, like, very masculine to me. It's, like, a pinstripe kind of situation, kind of blues and purples. I just, I wish that she had been able to, you know, go somewhere where she didn't have to dress like that. I know it was a whole thing, but it makes me sad that Lane's still, like, so repressed. Yeah. And that her clothing is so repressed. Has Gossip Girl come out yet? And... Not yet, right? I think Cosmic Girl was not yet. No, I think it was much later. Because the headband 
such very a Blair Waldorf. Thing. Yeah. Yes. So like when I see headbands now, I'm always thinking of Blair and Lane is rocking that headband. <laughs> yeah, she is. But I recently put on a headband the other day and I was like, wait, these are so handy. Why have I stopped wearing these? Mm-hmm. The other outfit I wanted to mention is Rory's party outfit, which is mostly Rory's party shirt because uh, you see her pants, but I think she's just wearing They're jeans kind of just again. basic jeans, right? Yeah, but she has got this cute little like semi-sheer blouse and it's got like little polka dots or sparkles on it and she's wearing it with a cami underneath and it's like a strappy cami, like a spaghetti strap. And again, this just feels like kind of a divergence from Teenage Rory. It feels mm-hmm. a little bit like, not sexy, but like edging towards sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that. I like that growth for her. I love the growth in fashion that we see in Rory as she hits college. Mm-hmm. I it's agree. a little, it's, a, it's not quite as much in, in this season. I think season five is where it like really takes off. But I just, I love to see the the change in the way she dresses and presents herself yeah it's great how do we feel about paris's sweater the like pink and white paisley sweater that she has on do you like it i mean it's okay i it's just very meh (laughs) like i don't think it's It's a very party it's not it's a very casual shirt. But mm-hmm. at the same time, Paris doesn't do a lot of casual. So maybe this is a, another like big divergence for her. Yeah, that's true. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, were there any other outfits that you guys noticed or wanted to chat about before we wrap up fashion? I, besides like the Lord of the Rings stuff, I can't really think of anything <laughs> that, oh, I like Lorelai's black top. That she wore up mm. to the party. Her party planning outfit? Yeah. It has like a little bow slash wrinkled, I don't know how to describe it, a sleeve that is just different from the other sleeve. Mm-hmm. It looks good on Lauren. I don't think I could pull it off, but it looks good on her. Yes. Yeah. I, and I mean, oh, go ahead. I'll say, I love all of Lorelai's looks this episode. Yeah. I think she I think she only has two, maybe three. Or uh, yeah, mm-hmm. with Friday night dinner, three. The first outfit she's wearing, it's like a gray slack with kind of like the dark red tank kind of business casual look. I guess she has more than that. She has like the jeans and t shirt too, but her business casual looks look fantastic on her. As yes. always. I'm actually, I'm actually gonna go back on what I said because I didn't realize the ruffles went down the shirt and now I dislike the shirt. <laughs> she still <laughs> looks very great in it. Textured top. <laughs> Um, but you guys know if I was going to steal any one item from this episode, it would be the Saruman shirt that the mom is wearing at the party. (laughs) It's just like the most like basic Lord of the Rings graphic tee, but I, I do love it. Honestly, kudos to the mom for getting the shirt. Right? Yeah. She at least tried. She, she looks like a mom who is throwing the most expensive birthday party in the world and she's just making it happen at this point like yep. mm-hmm. she pulled it together and it is happening so yeah that is my fashion recap for this week and after fashion we have stars hollow speaks la, 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 la. 
So to start off, we just want to say a huge thank you to the following people. We did take a month off between season three and season four just to recuperate a little bit. And uh, the support you guys had for us was amazing. Thank you so much for everyone that you know, messaged us or uh, sent us comments or what have you. Um, to the following people, Robear Books, Gen X, Jenny X, not sure, uh, Taisha, Give Me My Coffee, Two Hours from Pluto. We also had uh, Amy and Elle, as well as Annalisa. Thank you to all you guys for reaching out, for telling us that you're excited to have us back. We're excited for you guys to listen and reconnect. Thank you. Love you. Yes, thank you. And thank you to um, a number of you, our regular commenters. So that was awesome. And to Earth from Pluto is a very regular commenter, and we always love hearing her point of view. So all the way back on our first episode... She said that she has Daria, the complete series on DVD, and it still holds up all these years later. So apparently, if I finally decide to watch Daria, it's still good. (laughs) And then on our second episode, she commented, It is kind of funny how both eras of the series don't start until the Lorelai's first day at dot 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 episodes. Poor pilot and ballroom and biscotti. Agreed. The yeah. pilot and ballrooms and biscotti are just like primers. They like get you ready for the action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thank you to Earth from Pluto for your comments. We always look forward to those. And then we also have a Discord now, as I'm sure we have mentioned a couple of times. Um, so we did have a message from JJ about the Lorelai's first day at Yale. And he said. Uh, the fact that some of some of the, if not all of the girls from other rooms didn't notice the full-grown adult woman in the room still confounds me every single time. Not like she's being low-key. She's really the center of attention. I don't know. That always seems odd. Talking about Lorelai, the Lorelai's first day at Yale. I think we we definitely discussed that in yeah, that totally. episode. But no, yeah. it is, you know, it doesn't seem like anybody's like, uh, why are you here? Everybody's just like, you're cool and providing food. Exactly. Um, and then also for today's episode from Sarah, uh, they say, she says, they do Suki so dirty this episode, which I know we kind of talked about. It just, it doesn't feel like her. No. Yeah. Feels like a step backwards for her character, but... As we know, Suki will get better. Yes. And will be an amazing mother. And then also um, on Instagram, we did put a story up asking for your thoughts on this episode. A little late, unfortunately. But we did get a response from Abby who says, Don't remember specifics from the episode, but I do remember that I absolutely hate Digger. I, you know what? I really think I'm going to come out of this rewatch as a as a digger stan. I'm worried. I'm worried, guys. I'm worried too because I never found him attractive before, and suddenly I'm just like, "Hmm." right? I don't know. It throws me off. I'm the weirdo. I feel like looking at like the subreddit and stuff. I I feel like the weirdo was like, I never had a problem with digger. Like digger's biggest problem is that he's not Luke. Mm, Yeah, it's a big problem. Oh, hey, Luke. 
Luke is a person. He was we, not in this episode. Yeah, we did not see him. We did <laughs> nope. not see him today. Had a couple nope, of Luke heavy have... episodes, and now we're <laughs> now we're done with him for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But that is Stars Hollow Speaks. As always, thank you for all of the responses, all of the messages. We absolutely love hearing from you guys. So thank you very much. And just a little reminder: you can always rate and subscribe our podcast. If you're somebody who doesn't want to write a comment or, you know, isn't really big on messages, that's still a great way you can show us that you enjoy the podcast and also share it with your friends. Get it out there. Yeah. So let's end this episode. There was coffee in this episode. So that's a good thing. Are we counting Lorelai grabbing Rory's coffee as Lorelai drinking coffee? Did that make sense? Does she drink it? I don't. If she doesn't drink it, she doesn't. So technically, Rory has two cups of coffee. She has a cup of coffee early in the episode at Yale, and then she has a cup of coffee at Friday night dinner while psyching herself up. So Lorelai, besides that little like stealing bit, she didn't drink coffee this episode. She did drink <laughs> soda um, at one point when she's like okay. talking to Rory, but that's about it. <laughs> so the tables have turned the mm-hmm. the days of rory zeros and lorelei three are potentially behind us we'll see yeah we gotta see it makes sense <laughs> though i mean rory is powering through 50 different classes and i probably add on if there's time mm-hmm. that's crazy and going to parties so yeah. like <laughs> she's probably pretty tired so the coffee makes sense mm-hmm Yep. But otherwise, thank you so much to everyone for always supporting us and being with us. As always, I was Sandra. And I was Emily. And I was Jess. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. This is Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast with Sandra, Jess, and Emily. And you can follow us on Instagram at townmeetingpod and email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on Spotify and support us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. If you like, send us a message on our answering machine at anchor.fm slash townmeetingpod and click message. Thank you again. We appreciate all of you.